0: Hello, and welcome to the Agape Leaders podcast. This week, we have a very special guest, and it is Miss Seminole County, Lindsay Bettis. Now I met Lindsay as a, she is a part of the Miss Florida organization. And so she has been competing for the last maybe six years and I saw her in 2000, I think 2019 was the first time I saw her. And I will tell you that this young lady is positively driven. And I pray that you hear uh, in in her talk as she shares a little bit of her story, that you can hear how driven she is, but it's positively driven. You know, some people they're driven, but they're not really, it's, it's not something that you would want to emulate. I will tell you that Lindsay is a person who is open, she's honest, and she just shares the truth. And that's important. So I pray that you'll hear that. So uh, let's bring Lindsay in without further ado uh, in this week's Agape Leaders podcast. Here is Lindsay Bettis. Well, welcome in, Lindsay. We're so thankful that you said yes when you could have said no. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, praise God. Well, I tell every person that comes on this Podcast that the purpose of this podcast is to help people grow in their faith journey. And so we want you to kind of share with us uh, a little bit about your faith journey. Maybe there's something in there that our listeners can say, Oh, I didn't know somebody else experienced that. So, you know, just kind of share. Uh, Your faith journey with us.
1: Yeah. So for those of you all that don't know me, you'll, you'll hear part of my story that a lot of people that are familiar with me know, but I I grew up in a family. I was the youngest of three kids, had two great parents, Hmm. grew up in as part of the Roman Catholic church, um, attended church every single Sunday. I also went to CCD classes every single Tuesday. My mom was my CCD teacher from kindergarten through eighth grade until I was confirmed. So it was something that was very traditional and structured in my household. Um, And it, it pretty much stayed that way until I graduated high school. And then once I moved on into college is where I started exploring other avenues because I had always been practicing my faith in the same way. And I felt like there was more than one way that I could do that. And I I remember when I was having my meeting with the priest to get confirmed, he told me that I don't care if you don't ever go to church again. And I felt like that was something that I was shocked to hear from someone from the church. But they said, I don't care if you ever go to church again, as long as you have your own relationship with God. And that was something that I kind of took with me because as my life has changed and got busy and got hectic, I might not make it to church every Sunday. I might not be able to do what I want in terms of how I was raised traditionally um, in terms of religion, but I've been able to kind of explore and make my own path, whether that's just me talking, praising God Mm -hmm. on my own or attending a virtual church church or a, um, a group um, meeting. I've done that on the dance team before mm-hmm. where we all went from dance team which was uh, like three and a half hours long and then we walked over to the next building and then we went to um, listen to some, some guest speakers speak about their faith journey as well and kind of how we can stay grounded while being so busy. Um, the piece of my story that's missing on that is that I grew up in a family with substance abuse. And I know that that's not uncommon. A lot of people grow up in a similar situation, but I'm mentioning this because I think it's important because a lot of people, I think their faith falters when something goes the way that they don't think it should. How could God ever do this to me? Um, But I, 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 my family, we got through it and it's because of our faith and because we, we stayed true to one another and never gave up, loved each other con- unconditionally. And that I'm still lucky to have my father to this day. Um, so that's an important part there that I wanted to share because it wasn't always a straight line. It wasn't always a perfect relationship, but I, I really worked through it and we came out the other side better because of it.
0: Wow. Praise God. You know, I always tell people you know, everybody has a story and, you know, you, you cannot judge a book by its cover. I wonder, this is kind of one of those questions I told you about, but I wonder how often do people look at you, you know, uh, one of the things that I uh, talked about in the intro and, you know, the it'll definitely be in the description is for those of you who don't know, Lindsay uh, competes for scholarships through the Miss America organization. And so the stereotype that you hear of oh all, everybody is so beautiful and blah 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 whatever whatever um, Lindsay lives up to that stereotype uh, whether whether you know that's her goal or not. And so you look at Lindsay and you think ah oh, she has it all together. You know, she's smart, uh, she's uh beautiful she's all these things and you know she has a boyfriend that graduated from George Jenkins high school which is where i teach you know so you know she got it all together and so my question to you i know that was a ramble but my question to you lindsay is how did you deal with that when people kind of oh uh, you know they minimize your real issues because they think oh well you have you you have it all together
1: yeah, and I think that a lot of people go through this, and although it may not be substance use, I think everyone's family probably struggles with something. Um, and because of the way I, I've I've always been pretty put together on the outside, but that didn't mean I wasn't struggling on the inside, and. Um, my, my parents never got divorced. They're still together. And I think that that was another thing there is that people never saw any type of strife within the family or anything that was going on. And of course, we never talked about it, which was our, our own mistake. It was something that we would sweep under the rug um, because we kind of fell into the hole of furthering that stigma of addiction and mental health and not really having the opportunity there to get the best resources or get the best help there because we were ashamed, we were scared, we didn't want anything to happen. Mm. Um, That's why as a title holder in the Miss America organization when I go into schools I I make sure to share that story because most of the times I will get a DM from a student or I Mm. will get a message from a teacher that said hey this student came out to me because he said that he's in a similar situation um, his dad is doing drugs every night and he's not quite sure what to do and he, he loved getting to hear from you today to know that he's not alone and that he can see someone who came out on the other side. Unfortunately, genetics plays a big part into addiction. I, I believe it's if you um, if your parents struggled with addiction, I think it's something upwards of like you're eight times more likely yourself Don't quote me on that but it, it's a big likelihood compared to those who, Grew up in a household without substance use, so it, it can be easy to think this is going to be my future. It's just destined to be. But being able to give, go into the schools and give the kids hope is something I really look forward to each time.
0: Wow, you know I've heard that. Well, you know it's, it's genetics possibly, but I never heard anybody put any type of number to it. Much less eight times more. You know sometimes we don't we don't think about that. Uh, did you did you find people? This is going to sound kind of awkward. I need you to clean up my question. <laughs> so somebody is abusing something and their response to help is well, I can't do anything about it. It's genetics. And and if you've exp- or if you've experienced that, would you share how how does somebody respond to that? you know, I don't have the training that you do, somebody says that to me, how do I respond to that?
1: So this is actually not something that I've run into a lot, um, but it's, it's something along those lines. I haven't had people say, well, it is what it is because of my genetics. Mm. But I've heard people say, this is what I've always known. I, I've actually spoke to someone once that said they started doing drugs with their father at age 11. So that is all they ever knew and Mm. never really had the opportunity to stray away from that. So that's more often what I get than them saying it's genetics alone. It's Mm. kind of the environment that they grew up in.
0: So how do you help that person?
1: Yeah, I think the most important part is reaching out for resources. And we see a ton of people that, are reaching out at a later age for things that they experienced as a teenager or a younger child, the trauma they experienced, and they're still facing the ramifications of that. So I think it's important to reach out and get help. There's tons of resources out there. Um, There are many, many hotlines out there that would be happy to connect you with the proper resources. You can always message me. Um, and I'd love to give you some options or point you to the direction of a website that has some resources. Um, but that's really the step that I always recommend. And I'm a big champion for therapy or treatment. Um, I grew up going to therapy. I had severe, severe OCD. So that was something that I had to work on myself. And I'm really glad that my parents recognized that I wasn't feeling quite myself and they put me in therapy therapy. And although I found it quite embarrassing at the time, it mm. definitely, definitely helped and paid off.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, being a high school teacher, that to me, that image, it's so important to these young people. And I know it was to me as well, but I'm not a kid anymore. And I think that's the thing that I work diligently at, at the high school is, because I think if you can help a, young person get over themselves, then going to therapy is no longer embarrassing. It's, it's in this, I need to go do this so that I can help myself. And and, and so uh, I, I, I'm glad that you're championing that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I can speak to that where you're really worried about your image. So I started therapy probably about maybe eight to 10 years old. I don't remember what year it was, but I was fairly young and I didn't know any friends that went to therapy, probably Mm. because no one talked about it. Um, I probably had a few friends that had to do a little something here and there. But I remember one time my therapist's office was in a huge office complex that had tons of other businesses within it. And we had pulled up in the parking lot. I heard someone say, hey, Lindsay, and I literally dove down in my mom's car because I was so embarrassed to be Mm. seen at, a business that had one therapist in it, even though they had 20 other businesses. So I, it was horrifying at the time. And I never told anyone that I went to therapy. I never told anyone that I have OCD. Um, and that's something that I'm very open about now. I'm, Mm. I'm definitely a big OCD person. If anyone knows me, I'm, I, I fit all the quirks of OCD pretty much. Um, and, and I don't find anything wrong with that. We all have something that makes us a little bit different and Uh. that's mine. Um, and it's, it's kind of helped me become the person I am today because I spent so much time when I was younger, worrying about putting on an image like you were saying, or trying to hide my personality and my quirks that it became exhausting. And so Mm. now as I get older, I, I just am myself and I don't have to worry about hiding anything because I've become comfortable with myself.
0: Oh, that's, that's a blessing right there. And would you attest uh, some, most or all of that to your faith?
1: I would, I would attest all of that to my faith. I've, I've made sure to always have a relationship with God and to praise him for the good times, to praise him for the bad times Mm. that they weren't as bad as they probably seemed. Um, And just always keeping that open dialogue, making sure that I turn to him in the good times and the bad.
0: Yeah, I think that can. I think we live, and I always, I say this so often. In America, there are so many things that I preface with. In America, because I think we have so many freedoms in our country, and even if people are not experiencing those freedoms, we believe they exist. And so, if you have all those freedoms. Then it becomes difficult to turn to a God who, yeah, you have freedom in God, but it's freedom as He decides to let you experience it. Not you don't experience God's freedom on your own terms, you know. And so, uh, I that I think that's why I'm always asking, you know, people, hey, how you doing? You know, what? How's your faith journey? You know what? Because I think that we have these varying degrees, if I can say that, of what we think or who we think God is. You know, so I I love to hear you say, I think all of it is, you know, God. I had a guy say one time, God does his part and I do my part. And so I said, well, what does that mean? You know, can you explain that? And he said, well, God knows what I can do and he just lets me do what I can do. And then the, the things that I can't do, he does. And I just struggled a little bit with that, Lindsay, because I, I, I don't get that. That didn't seem like, you know. So uh, I, I love hearing you say all of it. You know, I think all of it that I'm doing is attributed to you know, my faith. Uh, so, so as you are in this world, this advanced recovery world, and I would imagine, do you have some sad days, Lindsay?
1: this is this is not a the happiest field to work in it's extremely Mm. rewarding because you're getting to help people and save lives every day but some of the stories that we hear are tragic and they remind me of when i was growing up and going through similar situations we're not answering calls on people's best days we're answering them on their Mm. worst days and it's it's extremely heartbreaking at times it's emotionally challenging but most times when we're able to connect them with a resource or get them in treatment, get them the help that they need, it's extremely rewarding.
0: Wow. Praise God for that. So do you, have you ever been able to just share your faith with somebody, just kind of, you know, open your, open yourself up and trying to share Jesus with them? And so how, how has that gone for you?
1: Actually, I've been probably the person in most situations where people have opened up to me about their journeys and their experiences, which I love hearing because I love learning from other people. And that's one of the things that I love about Miss Florida. I know not everyone has the same beliefs or religion, but getting people to share their testimonies and praying over you before you go compete, Mm. hearing everything that they thank God for and seeing seeing what, what maybe you missed that is attributed to God. And I think that's a big part of it is um, hearing other people's stories. And that's why I'm, I'm glad to hear and learn from people like you as well.
0: Oh, praise God. You know, you said something when you said uh, people praying over you. And it, it brought me to this thought. And this is for all you guys. I want you to think about this. Maybe there's some truth to it. I can think of no other time where I felt at peace, more at peace, than when people are praying over me. You know, uh, my faith, I believe that God answers prayer and prayer moves the hand of God. And to be in a moment, it doesn't happen all the time, you know, so, so I guess that's why it's so special to me. But when somebody prays over you, I don't know, I just always and just you just said that you know, I, so I can imagine getting ready to go in for an interview and i don't I, I have no idea what it's like, so I don't know if there's people around you or not, uh, but you know even being somewhere and even if it's your parent praying over you uh, you you do you, you got me thinking right there <laughs> just how uh, amazing that is, so um how do you balance? your job with advanced recovery, your pursuit of your dream job, Miss America, and all the ancillary things I just threw ancillary out there cause I wanted to sound smart. <laughs> all the ancillary things that go along with it. How do you, how do you do that? You know, and still say, God is my number one.
1: Yeah. And especially right now, there's, there's a lot of great things that, are coming my way and I do attribute that to God, but I think it's just important to, you know, thank Him in the in-between moments. And of course, when when there's some not so good moments, I, like I said earlier, thank Him for the situation that I'm in because I know that I'm still in an extremely blessed situation. Um, but like you were saying, how do I balance all this? Well, it's about balance. Um, I don't have a ton of free time, but whenever I do, I make sure that I set aside time for my own worship whatever yeah. that looks like for the day, whether that's some reading, whether that is praying, going to church, whatever yeah. that looks like. I always make sure that I have time set aside, um, no matter if it's, if it's five minutes, an hour, or um, even some days I get even more time, not often, but some yeah. days I'll get more than an hour.
0: Yeah, praise God. Yeah, I, I, I started years ago, this pastor said, wake up early in the morning and pray for 15 minutes. This was years ago. And I woke up that next morning early. You know, I went out into the living room. You know, my family was at the back of the house. We lived in Busan, Korea. I just said that because it sounds cool on a podcast. (laughs) But we were living in Korea and I started praying and when my wife woke me up, I think I had been there for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. I think I prayed for about 12 seconds and fell asleep.
1: That's <laughs> what I was gonna ask, I said, "Does she find you asleep? <laughs>
0: yes, so, so, but my, the thing that I learned from that moment and the way I am now, and you said it just now, I just pray. If I pray for 10 minutes, great. If I pray for an hour, that's cool. If I pray for two seconds, I can live with that, you know. And I think, you know, uh, hearing you say that, you know, I would, I would say, encouraging people just pray, however long it is, you know, God doesn't need your an hour of you; He just needs you, whatever that looks like. Uh, so, what is what is God teaching you these days? I'm going to use your words in the in betweens.
1: That was a tough one because there's a lot of, there's a lot of seasons of change right now. There's a lot of new things coming my way, but I think that he's teaching me to take on all these opportunities and to see how I can make an impact in other people's life. Mm. I, I share this a lot within my own line of work when people ask how I got started in this, it was never something that I imagined that I'd be working in because I always I always put substance use and mental health in a bucket, and I didn't want to touch that bucket. Um, And now I am working for exactly those same causes and being able to help people that are struggling. Um, So that was something that I had to be open-minded about. And now that I'm doing it, I love it because I'm getting to help so many people that struggled in similar and different ways than I did. And there's, there's really nothing more rewarding than getting to help someone. And I think that's what he was trying to teach me when he presented this opportunity to me. And, and there's just been so much growth ever since, um, spiritually, professionally, um, and, and just overall being able to make an impact.
0: All right. Do you have, this is, a, this is an audible, uh, I told you I would give you some audibles, but did you have kind of a faith mentor
1: I would say I, I didn't have a specific faith mentor that was necessarily related, like as a member of the church, but mm-hmm. someone that I always admired was my mom, mm.
0: um,
1: because she was the one that always made sure that we understood what we were learning in CCD. We always asked her questions so that we could better understand um, what the lesson was there, what what was important for us to know. And she really, I, she dedicated, years um, because she was my two brothers that are both older than me and mine. She was all of our CCD teachers. Uh. So she dedicated years to teaching us. And I just find that so admirable that she, she took all that time, her own free time, volunteered to be a CCD teacher mm. for many, many students that we definitely weren't the easiest crowd. <laughs> I remember they would have to hush us down a few times, but just the fact that she did that, she made sure that we got to church every Sunday when we mm. couldn't drive um, and really just presented us with these opportunities to grow.
0: Wow, praise God. What a blessing, I hope your mom hears this because parents, psh, if whenever my dad says, or my dad, my daughter says anything about my dad, blah, blah, oh, sends me over the moon. So, so I can just imagine how she's feeling uh, right now uh, with that. Uh, do you, in your time, do you get an opportunity to kind of read your favorite passages from time to time? And if so, what are those passages from the Bible that you just kind of find yourself going back to?
1: Yeah, so I actually um, I wrote this one down so that I can get it word for word. Um, but this was one that my mom told me when I was younger because I really struggled with OCD. And I still struggle to this day with OCD, but I've, I've definitely learned how to manage it a lot better. But my OCD manifested itself in worrying about every single detail of everything. Mm. So, what she told me, and I had her text it to me today, word for word, she said, Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. So that's one that I used all the time when I was younger, because I would worry about absolutely everything. And it kind of just put me at peace knowing that I could give my worries to God. Mm. And then, um, I knew that he would be looking over me. Um, if something didn't go the way that I wanted to, I knew that he was still looking out for me and I was still going to be my worry wart self, but it Mm. definitely, it definitely felt great to give the worries to God.
0: Praise God. You know, you're teaching me so much right now, and I appreciate it. And this is what I'm learning. <clears throat> you said I'm still my worry wart self, but I'm giving it over to God. I think my mom used to always say, if you're gonna worry, don't pray. And if you're gonna pray, don't worry. And that sounds really good. So beautiful, t- oh I love that. Yeah, and and you just Taught me something. And that is, and this is for you guys out here who may also worry. And, you know, sometimes God uh, allows you to continue to do something. Are you going to keep coming back to me or are you going to let the worry overcome you? There is no temptation except that which is common to man. So just like God didn't take the thorn from Paul's flesh, he asked three times. Christ said, My grace is sufficient. So here you are, still, you said it, I'm still dealing with OCD. I've learned how to manage it, but it's not God. So But but God says, don't worry. And part of your OCD is worry. Right. And so hearing you say, even though I worry, it's there, it's a part of it. I, I still give that to God. And so I'm praying that people will hear that and be encouraged. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I just keep going to God. And even when the worry comes, I just keep going to God because I'm a firm believer that God will let that thorn prick your flesh and still ask you to come to him. Will you, you know what I mean? And you are a living, breathing example of the, Thorn is pricking your flesh, worry, OCD, yet you're still going to God. Now, uh, will you read that again for our listeners? Sometimes you got to read stuff twice so they can get it.
1: Yeah, so don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, God already knows what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. So, uh, we're going to wrap up in a minute, but would you give the the people some words of encouragement?
1: Yeah. So uh, recently, and I think and nowadays, especially during COVID, we're seeing a lot of doom and gloom, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to realize that we we are so blessed and so fortunate um, for all of the in-between moments like that I was saying. Um, so if I had to leave them with anything, it's, it's be thankful for everything that you have in your life right now. Take every opportunity that comes your way. Take it with grace and learn from it. That's what I did, and now I'm in an extremely blessed position to be able to help other people repair lives, restore families, um, whole communities even. And so I'm, ex- I'm extremely blessed for that. So even if it's something that you have put off as an absolute no for later on in life, like mental health and addiction, like myself, definitely encourage you all to be open-minded and explore different opportunities and grow from it.
0: Uh, praise God. Praise God. You know, Lindsay, I'm sitting here uh, looking at you. and I know for you guys, it's a podcast, but we're doing a Zoom call and I just keep hearing This woman is a superstar. This woman is a superstar. But here's the thing. Not superstar how we think in, you know, secular society, but a superstar. You are a person. You you probably don't even realize what you're overcoming. You just know you're overcoming stuff. You just know that you keep plugging away, you know. And no matter... Oh, thank you, Jesus. No matter how many no's you will ever get in your life, you got the most important yes when Jesus Christ said, Lindsay, I will hang on that cross for you. And so I want to thank you for being a person who no matter all the no's that have come on my life, and when I'm saying no's, I'm talking about Stuff that you've had to deal with in your life, uh, as far as you know, you were in counseling. You were embarrassed that day, and just just know that you are a superstar. People are going to look at you. They're going to want to glorify God, and the only reason why they're going to do that is because you are letting God shine through you. Now, I know this post, you're supposed to be encouraging the people. I pray that you're encouraged there. How can they find you on social media?
1: Yeah, well, I have a personal and a title holder Instagram, and I'd I'd love for you to reach out on either one. But my personal one is Lindsay E. Bettis. So that's spelled L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, the letter E, and then B-E-T-T-I-S. And then my title holder Instagram is at Miss Seminole County F-L.
0: All right. And I will also put that in the show notes so that uh, those of you who couldn't write that fast and didn't want to rewind can go down there, clicky clicky, and we'll move forward from there. Well, thank you very, very much. Do you have any parting comments for the people?
1: No, I just, I just want to thank you so much. Uh, It's, it's very rare and, and how busy I am and how many things I have going on to be able to share stories like this and to be able to talk about this topic. So I just really appreciate this platform, this opportunity, and for you inviting me on here today.
0: Praise God. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate having you.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Wasn't Lindsay amazing? She is a breath of fresh air. You could not see her because it's a podcast, but Lindsay is, she's professional, but at the same time, she's so down to earth. You know, uh, the blessing that I get when we have these podcasts is that I get to talk to the person before we kind of say, welcome to the podcast. And then after we say, you know, until next time, so to speak. And I just enjoyed just sharing, talking. You know, she's just a down-to-earth person. But at the exact same time, if you had a company, you would want Lindsey Bettis to run your company because she's professional. She understands how to take care of people. But she also understands we have a job to do. So I was so thankful to just spend a little bit of time with her and, uh, having her share her faith journey with you. And then a little bit of kind of her home life and, or well, when she was growing up and something I pray that you will take with you is whatever you have to do to take care of yourself, work hard, not to be embarrassed about it. You know, if you're a young person and you're listening to this podcast and you know we all understand especially those of us who are long past our teenage years it can be tough and so i don't think anybody is saying it's not tough i think what we're saying is hey if you can push through it you're going to find that on the other side it's not as bad as you think it is you know if you'll just push to that other side and i think that's what lindsay was kind of sharing with us today i'm so thankful to have had her on the podcast well that's all we have for this week's agape leaders podcast Uh, once again we pray that you would be willing to rate or review our podcast it helps people find us when we have reviews and ratings so we certainly would appreciate that but we also understand that you know, if you're listening and you're just listening, we appreciate that as well. So We're very thankful. So until next time, you have a blessed week.